Welcome to another episode of The Future of Seafood and also uh, a warm welcome to our first guest on the show, the managing director of uh, one of the world's leading salmon farming companies at Grig, Grig Seafood, uh, Tom Eric Ferguson. Thank welcome. you. Thank welcome. you very much. Uh, Tom, you have worked at Grig for three years now, but you have been in the seafood industry for, for over 12 years. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. yes but you have uh, previously been in the uh, insurance industry, yes. Yes, I'm I correct? Have. Yeah. Uh, but you made the transi transition to uh, the seafood industry um, in, when was it? In 2012. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if you can remember correctly, how was your first impression with the seafood industry? The first impression was actually quite uh, strange because I got uh, the first interview I went to. I was told that the office of Marine Harvest, when I started there, uh, was located on the dock behind a very old and I would say uh, not so new building. Uh, and I had to walk through the gates and then I suddenly came to an uh, office building or actually a, a kind of old seaport building. Uh, usually where they received the fish back a hundred years ago. And it was like, okay, is this marine harvest? This building here? And I went inside and uh, was met with a welcome and it was old. Everything was old in there and there was 40 people. And I said, yeah, this might be a nice place to work because the people were friendly and stuff like that. And little did I know at that point, uh, the company had employed about... I think about 8,000 people when I started. Mm. And it even grew uh, a few years later until almost 15,000 people at the point. Um, so my introduction was like, is this building uh, really an office of the leading company of salmon <laughs> industry in Norway? Really? <laughs> You're taken by surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was. But uh, at the same, I felt very welcome. Yeah. Uh, and that was the most important part. Uh, I was looking for an employer where I could feel uh, as a part of a, a bigger community and being taken serious. Uh, coming from the finance industry, it was more segregated, more, I would not cold, but uh, of course, uh, everything was run by uh, risk. Uh, but in salmon industry, risk is uh, something that they manage a bit different. Yeah, so um, a totally different mentality, but the the huge company uh, and the process of producing salmon, mm. that impressed me. How things were put into system without actually being a system. Mm. But yeah, things move quite fast in this in the seafood industry. Uh, that's what I uh, noticed as well when I uh, transitioned to the to the seafood industry. Um, but you are a managing director at one of the biggest companies in the seafood industry. Can you give us a sneak peek of how a day in your work life is? Yeah, I must make sure that, uh, okay, I'm managing director of many managing directors. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm managing the sales department in Norway, uh, which is, of course, a huge responsibility. Uh, we are about 70% of the volumes and revenues of the company in total. So my main responsibility is the income uh, to the company. So prices, getting paid, credit insurance and stuff like that. 
And of course, managing the people within the organization and make sure that we collaborate between farming and sales as, and optimize, uh, I would say, the usage of our fish as it is today, quality-wise, size-wise, timing-wise. It's a, it's a puzzle every day. But uh, my regular day starts at 7 at the office. I usually come first. I like to be there Good. first Good. in, first at the <laughs> first at the office, um, and uh, spend my first hour more or less uh, doing uh, reading emails, uh, reading newspapers, uh, catching up from yesterday and whatever happens. Uh, maybe uh, last night in Canada because we have operations in Canada as well. Even though I'm not that involved in in that part anymore, uh, I did some work there as well. When I started, um, and after that, uh, when people arrive at the office around eight, between eight and nine, I welcome them and say hello and ask how how the day looks um, and if there are any issues that we need to attend. Mostly, it's uh, a warm welcome with a cup of coffee, and uh, at nine o'clock, most most days it's uh, meetings from between nine and three uh, meetings. Um, of course, a lunch break uh, between 11 and 12 sometimes. Um, and the meetings concerning even operations or it could be strategy. It could be, uh, yeah, anything is from uh, suppliers, meetings with Maritech, of course, <laughs> follow up on projects, <laughs> discussing everything uh, in between. A lot of meetings with Maritech. Yeah, of course. No, not that many meetings, but uh, yeah. And of course, uh, some emails need to be attended. Uh, but then at three, I mostly make sure that the operations during the day has gone well uh, to see if there are any issues that we need to attend during evening because we, are, of course, sometimes have operations and fish is always, always on the road or in the air. Um, so customers and transport and everything needs to be attended. Yeah. Um, so I make sure that, okay, are we set? Are we ready for this evening and good for this rest of the day? And between four and five, I mostly go through the agenda for next day or read through emails, uh, replies and plan my coming days. And then at five, mostly I go home to my wife and you, dinner. dinner. Salmon, yeah. of course. <laughs> at least, at least once a week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But you have been now, like I said, in the salmon industry for for over a, dec over a decade. But how has the industry changed over that decade? Um, first of all, I must say, when I was introduced to the farming industry, I needed to learn the, I would say, uh, the, the expressions that they use and the terminology and also the limitation when it comes to production and farming and harvesting. So... It was a job for me just to understand how things work. And luckily, I spent two years working with farming uh, and how they actually uh, make smalls, how they breed it, uh, how they feed it, how they harvest it and all that, in, in addition to broodstock, actually. And uh, every, every small part is actually a small company within the company. And then um, I was surprised a bit about the cost of producing a salmon. When I started, it was about 23 knock per kilo. And I was thinking, yeah, that's not too much. 
and I was knowing, okay, salmon in the shops, it cost you about yeah, 60 knock maybe. That was a fair price. So the, the hardest development since then is the cost of production and the cost of the finished goods in the, in the, in the shops. And there's no, not been any, I would say, not much development of the product in the end. But the produ- production of salmon today is quite hard when you have to invest, you have to buy license, you have to at least uh, calculate a, a very huge amount of money for treating lice uh, and the risk of fish being sick. Yeah. Um, so there are many aspects of producing salmon that I would say is harder today than it was earlier. And we have seen a lot of investments in equipment, in boat, in well boats to treat lice and to try to save uh, the welfare of the fish and also save the product in the end. Um, so from my perspective, and I haven't been working on the cage, um, it seems like the, the farming part is now much more um, intense during the life cycle. And previously I got the feeling that you put the fish to sea and then you feed it. And if there are any issues, then you solve the issue. Mm-hmm. Now you have an issue no matter what almost. Yeah. It's like you have to calculate that you need to treat the fish twice, three times, four times. And that wasn't common uh, back when I started. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the risk of fish being, uh, yeah, weak. Yeah, yeah. because it, the, there is uh, a lot of, and have been a lot of discussion uh, where in regards to the salmon farming industry and it's still a discussion but what do you see as the most common misconceptions in regards to that is um the misconception from my point of view is maybe mostly that uh, uh that the companies in general are not taking care of their own fish and and the welfare of the fish because i feel All the companies have invested heavily in both uh, people and equipment to try to make sure that the fish always is taken well care of. Um, and as yeah, some have said in the news that something just happened during almost overnight. I wouldn't say overnight, but in a very short time of period. And you are not able, you don't have the solution at hand uh, when you need it. Um, so uh, I'm not sure that the everyone understands that there are issues that you try to solve but uh, of course some is maybe uh, misusing their uh, lack of information or uh, lack of communication to try to make sure that they make more money but in the end it's uh, it's the product itself it needs to be a very nice product i don't mm. want to buy a salmon that no. looks horrible no. i want to look <laughs> at uh, look at the product and say this i want to eat <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and uh when i see some pictures today it's like this is something that we are hurting by as an industry mm. and we need to take sh- measures to avoid this but how but how does the market and um the consumers responding to it like do you see any any changes in the market and the consumer behaviors not uh, the consumers might um The, the most com- consumers uh, respond to the prices, uh, yeah, uh, not to the product itself. Uh, most people understand that salmon is a very, I would say, usable uh, product. You can almost, yeah, mostly you can eat it from raw to cooked to baked. You yeah. can almost do anything to it. 
it's more, uh, I would say, more flexible than most other products. Mm. Um, so in the end, consumers are worried about the price of the product. But of course, more and more is interested in the sustainability regarding the production cycle and how much uh, toxin. Uh, and, uh, but also the welfare of the fish is now more uh, interesting for a customer. So I would say that certifying the fish, uh, labeling it as a sustainable and, and well-taken-care-of uh, salmon or a welfare of the of the product uh, until it's harvested uh, it's going to be more impro- important going forward yeah do you think that the consumers want to uh, uh, s- like see the uh, see the trans um, traceability of like more you share more openly about the tr- traceability of their product that, that they demand it do you see that is going in that direction the end consumers I mean I think the retail business is is driving that uh, that uh, development. Uh, we see more and more customers on the retail side asking for uh, information in a in a more closed environment. Uh, but when you look at the value chain and the supply chain of the salmon and how many producers and transporters involved, it's difficult to guarantee a one-to-one connection with the where the fish was produced. But when retailer retailers ask for this, then they understand that. They need to um, not control, but they need uh, uh, some kind of uh, system to support their need for information. But in uh, in the end, it's like uh, you need also uh, processors that actually handle this kind of questions, and you need suppliers of uh, the raw material and the product itself to be able to share that information. So the development is there. Uh, and the requirements are there, uh, but it's still at a very low level. Um, but it's increasing. Um, but I'm not sure if we reach that for the food service sector, but for retail and for uh, skin packing and things that you pick up at the way, uh, I believe that we can see more and more uh, interest in that. But where do you see the industry at a whole is moving? Where are we in 10 years 20 years. Um, everyone is talking about how how things are growing and uh, that we need to increase the supply. Um, but I see more and more restriction on the on the licenses and the available areas. And uh, of course, land based is some kind of response to it, but it's not catching up with the an, end consumer. Uh, Um, requirements and uh, demand Um, and of course offshore could be some solution but we are trying and trying and failing and failing uh, but slowly increasing and I was looking at the development for the last 12 years in uh, in salmon industry in volumes Um, and when I started it was about one point uh, I think it was 1.9 million tons globally supply and this has increased by almost 30 percent over the 12 years but it's been down it's been not a a straight line it's dipping a bit now and it seems like we are reaching a point where the capability and the availability of areas and licenses are capping the the growth so it might be that we never reach the five million tons uh, global supply that we look might be needed in salmon at least 
And then should you put that on land? If you are to produce 2 million tons on land, I guess you have to make China, Russia, all salmon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the area is quite huge. You need a lot of area. Yeah. So where, where, where are Grig in 10 years? In 10 years, I believe Grig will be a great company, uh, both on their, um, I would say, values and also on production. They take well care of their neighbors and the fish, and we do our utmost to actually be, not necessarily speaking of it, but doing it the right way as we th feel it. And of course, there are issues that we need to solve as well when it comes to fish health and how to produce and how to harvest. Um, but in 10 years, I believe uh, Greg will be producing uh, at least 150,000 tons, maybe double up from almost what we have today uh, because we have the areas, we have the capabilities, we need to invest. Uh, we just said that we need a sponsor or someone to collaborate with in Canada to grow more and faster uh, because it, it's so much capital needed just to invest in the biology and the system and the, and, um, and the facilities. Uh, but with money, you can invest and the return needs to be there. And uh, The question is, is the market ready for, in 10 years' time, paying uh, 150 knock per kilo for a salmon raw material? Mm. That will be, I would say, 50% more than maybe next year. Um, but if it's high quality and it's very low supply, uh, it's this might be a niche product mm. and a luxury product. Mm. I'm not sure that salmon will be on every table in, mm. uh, in the world, but... Uh, Maybe once a week. Once a week. <laughs> that's what we aiming for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once a week. That's a, a week. if every if every 10 billion people eat salmon once a week, 100 grams. That's uh, quite a lot. That's that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Well, uh, Tomeric, thank you so much for being our guest at this podcast. Yeah, thank it you was so nice. Yes. Thank you.